Hello, everybody, and welcome to General Furry Podcast Season 2, Episode 2. I'm Monochrome Tiger, and you are? Hey, everybody, I'm Reverb Husky. Hello. All right. Hello. <laughs> we're actually um, trying to make uh, this podcast bi-weekly from now on, and we're also actually using show notes now. <sighs> we're getting prepared. Yeah, we're actually doing, we're actually putting effort into it. So, our first <laughs> update is we actually are giving a shout out to our first Patreon sub, Daniel T. Thank you so much. Without you, we really couldn't do this. Thank you. Yes, thank you. All right, should we just get into the main show? Might as well. All right, do you want to do the Tony the Tiger article or the $13,500 for our student article first? I want, I want to do the Tony the Tiger article. All right. Argle, Argle Jesus, I need Argle. more coffee. <laughs> Argle Fargle. <laughs> I'm totally not on my second energy drink in a row. <laughs> Jesus, son. All right, do you want to read it or do you want me to read it? The Tony the Tiger one? Yeah. I can read it. Okay. Tony the Tiger has fled Twitter and furries are to blame. At least that is how the story is told on Huffington Post. Ashley Feinberg? Feinberg? Feinberg. Whatever. In her article about the mascot's disappearance from social media, it talks about how the serial's unfortunate run-in with some very thirsty furry fans. <laughs> thirsty furry... I-, I can't. Thirsty furry fans who made it a habit of bogging his social media responses with sexual innuendo and sometimes more blatant passes. When this started to occur, the serial mascot began to be- began to ban furries at random, even if they were not engaging in activity of coming on the fiction character. When this made news round back in early 2016, it became known as hashtag Tony Tiger Gate in honor of the tendency to put this gate suffix on anything, even the slightest bit of controversial, controversial that most normal people don't actually care about. It would be overly dismissive to claim that it wasn't a big topic of discussion in the fandom about public decorum and our relationships with corporations back when it had occurred. But in regards to the recent turn of events, Ashley uses her article to claim that Tony the Tiger's accounts was replaced by the less furry account called Simply Frosted Flakes in order to douse the horny furries in cold milk. <laughs> That's gonna make this article is gonna make it even worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but further investigation reveals a far more intriguing story. One of a one of a mascot called what? One of a mascot caught in an international assassination plot against his very li- What? <laughs> Just keep reading. <laughs> the fuck is this article? Not a story of a company's combat against internet lust, but one of a government's fight against the glutton of the use of their respective nations and the mascots used to stimulate that hunger. Ye- ye- the year on the mascot. Jesus. The war on the mascot. <laughs> God. In February of this year, New York Times published a piece discussing how Tony and other prominent cartoon characters' mascots of snack foods were put in the crosshairs of the Chile government. What the fuck? <laughs> Just keep reading. <laughs> <laughs> this piece of and this piece by Andrew Jacobs talked about how, in the face of rising obesity rates in the youth of the South American country of the government, oh wait, South American South American country. The government has started to put forth measures to fight sugary and salty snacks. Tricks the Rabbit and Tony the Tiger were just casually on this war against gluten. 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 Gluten, thank you. 
The boxes that once bore their handsome mugs now simply picture a product of a picture of a product along with the name. As time passed, the rebellion against the striped mascot and his kind was not content to be contained just to the southwest hemisphere. The political heat for Tony the Tiger arrived this spring in the United Kingdom, where similar proposals against sugar peddling spokes animals God damn it. found its way into the public discourse. This this is at around the time when Huffington Post writer noted that Tony the Tiger made his climate statements as real Tony the Tiger on Twitter, May 2018. In this, it is looking more likely that there's going to be an increased press to make mascots like Tony the Tiger the next Joe Camel. Who the fuck is Joe Camel? Um, he was a cigarette mascot that they got rid of because it was like promoting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember him now. Yeah. Though this, though this, it may be a bit of overstatement by the Huffington Post that over Thursday first, the primary cause of Kellogg's decision to abandon the mascot-driven account, it could be, it could have been part of the decision process, but it seems more likely that the company is simply reacting to the changing of law landscape to make sure that they are allowing, not allowing social media accounts to run afoul of any country's laws against utilizing such mascots like Tony the Tiger to sell their sugary cereals, even if they can still appear on the boxes in the United States. In fact, given that the very sim- same tweets uh, that were under Tony the Tiger's account were simply moved to the new Frosted Flakes account highlights this is as the primary purpose. All the crash tweets still exist in the new account and were not deleted. In light of this, it seems a bit of irony for the sugar seals being peddled by Tony were seen as more danger to children than appropriate tweets found in responses to him on Twitter. In the end, I suppose, in the face of modern law, adult innuendo is temporary, but diabetes is forever. <laughs> Discuss. Okay. First off, what the fuck? Aren't you Second glad off, I found this site? Yes. Second off, what the hell? <laughs> you almost made me choke on outlaw energy. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about this, but I understand. But it feels a little bit like they're grasping at straws to make it not Furry's faults. Yeah. Which, I mean... It could be, but yeah. even still... The we were at least a factor in them removing the account. Not us personally, factor. but Furries in general. I remember following all that bullshit back in 2016 i couldn't help but giggle like a little squirrel girl because mm-hmm. everybody just jumped on him trying to get on tony tiger's dick yep and i'm like why though furries why are you like this <laughs> they did it with, let's say who have they done it with they've done it with zabi vaca yep they've done it with tony the tiger they did it with the french uh world cup mascot who was that uh it was a little like a uh, bird little oh, like, i remember that yeah they, they did, did it, it with, with Five the, Nights at Freddy's. Five Nights at Freddy's. They did it with the bird from um, Legend of Zelda. Mm-hmm. Cast. Let's see. Cast. Thank you. They did it with um, this Cookie Crisp cereal dog. <laughs> They've done it with they did it with Rocket. I... Poor, poor Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But... <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. They've Basically, any everything. like any mildly like homoerotic or confident uh, uh, mascot, they kind of sexualize. Any anthropomorphic character. Any anthropomorphic character, yeah. <laughs> but no, 
I'll understand. I understand it to a point. Even like based on this article, that it's not Furry's fault. Furry's mm. fault. It still stands to be that we were a major factor in the decision. Probably, we were a major factor of it. But a lot of it falls on the advertising laws, which I don't understand to begin with. Mm-hmm. I mean, why? Speaking of law, like the whole YouTube thing with the Article Thirteen, that's gonna change the entire landscape of European YouTube. Yeah. I just say, like, with how it works now, this one, I don't understand why they say, like, oh, you can't have this on there. It's not the company's fault. Um, basically, it's just to make it compliant with international law to preemptively not get in trouble. Yeah. Which, I understand, but I'm also like, that's really stupid. Yeah. It's basically just, like... I, I don't know. I'd have to look up a bunch of stuff I'm not going to look up. <laughs> 10 out of 10 best podcasts. Yeah, 10 out of 10 best podcasts. At least we're honest. Yeah, I mean, if you aren't going to look it up, I wasn't going to either. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right, on to the next article. Yep, let me close this tab. All right. All right, ready. I just, I love the title of this. I'll read it. $13,500 for a fursuit is too expensive. Gamers, hold my beer. This oh, no. week, the furry world was rattled by news from the famous bidding site Dealer's Den when a record-setting bid closed out a battle to acquire fursuit from the highly in-demand Made For You. The final bid came in at $13,500 by Dessa Finado, a fursuit collector who already has two of their name made by Mischief Makers. Drop the, drop the wad of cash to secure their third. They plan on making a horned cat character named Sage with it. They have done an interview okay. over the transaction with Dog Pass Press that, press that can be found here. Not clicking on that. Hold up. I thought this was the first um, first shit that we saw in the ch- in the first chat the other day. It looked like it had a dick on its nose. No, 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 no. This is literally um, $13,500 for a slot for your fursuit to be made. Man, if I had thirteen thousand dollars, I wouldn't spend it on a fucking fursuit. That's actually Shit. kind of the argument of this um article. Oh my god! The transaction. Did... Has... Oh, go ahead. I remember they did it a few years ago too, when um, more for less or somebody like that was selling a fursuit. They auctioned it off, and people and the furry bandwagon fucking jumped all over it mm-hmm. and blew the price of skyrocket. So they had to cancel it and resell it to a private party. Mm-hmm. If I remember right, and I'm like, that's ridiculous, furries. Stop fucking everything up. Yeah. The oh. transaction has brought up many critical statements. In those, they note that the amount of money is the amount of a car or a sizable down payment on a mortgage. Of course, such com- uh, comparisons to practical commodities overlook the fact that the purchaser in question may already have shelter and a mode of transportation that they are secure and happy with. Finances are a very personal thing, and it takes some perspective to realize that there is always someone out there who will make less practical financial decisions in the world when they are secure in the needs department. In fact, many furry artists bank on this. Yeah, they do. Yeah. The eclipse of the gamer. It didn't take long for a more egregious example of exuberance to rear its head this week in a, as a Jimquisition Gym, video highlights a transaction in the gaming world that similarly has those in that culture scratching their heads. This one around a virtual skin for a sniper rifle in the team shooter CSGO. The skin has several factors of rarity going for it. It is a particularly rare skin found only in the rarest form of loot box in the rarest quality. Oh, and it's also quote-unquote signed by an American eSport star Tyler Skadoodle Latham. 
more known for being MPV, MPV, MVP at a recent world tournament in Boston where the team Cloud9 won. My estimates, not mine, the person writing the article, is that probably what influenced the seller to the to sell it at this time. Let me restart that sentence. My estimate is that it is probably what influenced the seller at this time to. Dem- I'm just gonna skip that sentence. <laughs> my estimate. Did that, 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 yeah. My estimate is that it is probably what influences how to sell it at this time since demand for the original signature would be in higher demand. My signature since fall fucked up. Yeah. So how much did this cosmetic for a virtual sniper rifle cost its purchaser? Just over $61,000. To put this in perspective from what I can find, some of the best real world sniper rifles don't get much higher than $15,000. So if you were to have one of those with the skin on it and signed by a celebrity, modified and certified that you can act, that you can't actually kill people with it, of course. I mean, you could go hunting with it. Hold up! What the hell? <laughs> I'm just not surprised anymore. I'm not surprised by huge amounts of money anymore. Sixty-one thousand dollars. Yes. Okay, look at it like this. You could go in and buy a brand new car. A really, really nice car for that price. Oh yeah, that's almost supercar money. Yeah, I mean, shit. You can go in and buy a brand a new Mustang for that. Yeah. Or you could put a really, really nice deposit down on a house. Yep. Like, shit. Hell, you could probably buy a really, really shitty house for sixty or $70,000. Mm-hmm. The, the, um... Just to paraphrase the rest of the article, it's basically saying, um, one, that the person who signed this, quote-unquote, signed this skin probably made less from the competition than this skin sold for. Also, basically, it's just saying, don't rag on people for being enthusiasts about stuff. If you have the money, why not buy it if you can justify it? And then it just, yeah. I'm sorry, but how can you justify spending $61,000 on a fucking skin? By having enough money where that doesn't bother you. I want his job. Shit. I mean, it's like... $61,000? Here you go. It's like how people hate on people who have, like, five fursuits, and it's like, well, yeah, I have the money to have five fursuits because I, like, let's say, design nuclear missiles for the military or some shit. It's like, if you have the money... To where that won't bankrupt you and you can, like, uh, constructively, like, support that purchase. I don't care what you do with your money as long as you're not, like, you know, doing something illegal that hurts people. I feel called out because I have two. Three, technically. No, I'm not calling you out. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, you were smart about the purchases. You weren't just like, I'm going to buy three fursuits and maybe not eat for a month. Yeah. <laughs> I saved up for what? Uh, to begin with, when I got my first one, I saved up for two years and then another year to get my second one because I made more. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to just willingly be like, oh, here's like... Here's two grand. Make me a fursuit. Yeah. Make me a giant gay dog. Yeah. I'm not that insane. All right. And oh. with that... Um, let's move on. This is a great segue. Our main topic, which is selling personas. 
Do you have any experience I, with this? I don't, but I've seen a lot of people do it, um, and I don't I've, necessarily understand it. I've tried to do it before, and it's really hard to do because people would rather – it seems people would either rather get an adopt or they would just create a character on their own instead of buying a – like let's say buying a fursona with all its art attached for a couple hundred dollars. Yeah, but like I said, I still don't understand the concept of it. But maybe that's just because um, are like, do you not understand the mechanics of it or the concept, like the concept? Because with me, I more or less have a personal attachment to my persona. Like Reverb, when I made him, mm-hmm. granted, yes, I was cringy little, twelve, thirteen year old boy. I held my persona up on a sort of pedestal of where I wanted to be. I was this shy, quiet kid. Yeah, and I. And when I thought about it, I was like, the furry fandom is fantastic fandom. At its moments, there are times where it's garbage. Yeah. But the furry fandom overall is a wonderful accept- accepting <laughs> accepting community where you are going to get accepted 99.9% of the time mm-hmm. for it. So I held Reverb on a pedestal of where... That's what I want to be when I get older. I want to be a confident human being. Mm-hmm. And I am, sort of. I'm still shifting into it where I'm confident. Like I can get in front of a crowd and say something and not freak out or have an anxiety attack mm-hmm. anywhere. But for me, I have I just have a personal attachment to him because that's who I wanted to be. So more along the lines of like, he's got little nitpicks of my personality yeah because then there's also people like me who either have a lot of negative baggage associated with a character or you literally have over 20 characters and you're just like i can't manage all these i need to get rid of them i might as well try making some money off of it which apparently is really hard because people don't want to buy characters apparently it's like really hard to sell personas wait they don't want to buy characters but they'll buy adopts well i mean in my personal experience, I've tried um, selling my personas and I've gotten zero interest. Yeah. A caveat to that is I'm also horrible at advertising. Like, very, 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 very bad at advertising. Just intimidate the shit out of your tall as hell. <laughs> Walk up to somebody and be like, buy my persona. <laughs> but I'm too nice for that. I'm like a giant, like... A giant teddy bear? Yeah, a giant teddy bear. You, you know me. You know I yeah, would I, I couldn't intimidate someone if I tried. <laughs> I have like a zero I have like a maybe a negative one roll on a freaking charisma check. You'd be like you would just be like, buy my persona. <laughs> That'd be like, no, I'm good, and then you'd go like okay, like, oh, okay, and run off into a corner. <laughs> It'd be like, buy my it'd be like, buy my character, please. No, okay. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you for your interest, sir. Oh god. <laughs> but yeah, there there does seem to be a market around it because sometimes people don't want to, you know, some people not necessarily aren't as creative, but they just don't know how to go about it. So it's it's similar to adopts, but it's generally it's a lot more expensive because when you buy someone else's persona, you're buying all the art associated with it. So you're buying 
a lot of like let's say you Artica, for example, sold their fursona. That would probably be like a couple grand because of all the art they have. Ow, my wallet. Yeah. I couldn't do it. Neither could I. I mean, I'm also the kind of person who just idly makes up characters when I'm bored. So I don't really... How do I phrase this? I've never really seen a reason for me to buy a persona from someone else. But I've done it before, but it's been from significant others. Just because... And also sometimes it could be that you see a character that's for sale and you just instantly have a super, super strong connection to that character and you're like, I need this because this represents me perfectly. Yeah. Which I fully understand. It's just not my thing. Yeah. Because, I mean, I've had reverb for seven years now Mm -hmm. so i don't plan on changing them anytime soon and then there's me who just stumbled on their actual character (laughs) monochrome like a couple months ago yeah is that all we have Uh, to say on that topic i think so yeah all right so i guess i can discuss my um experience at a little um one day convention called howler's eve it was it, it was ba- it was awesome because it was basically just a giant giant Halloween party for a bunch of furries. It was so much fun. They had a food truck with gourmet mac and cheese. That sounds amazing. It was, and then they I mean they even had like trick or treating for hotel rooms. It was it was what? so much. Yeah, they had they had trick or treating. You had to have your own <laughs> costume, and fursuits counted for it. And but for the co- I like this for the costume contest you can't just say oh I have a fursuit you actually had to like have your a fursuit had to have a costume yeah your fursuit would have to have a costume it was it was so much fun and that's the first time I've ever attended the fursuit games because my husband has a fursuit and I'm like I'm doing this every time from now on if I can <laughs> it, it was <laughs> just so awesome. much fun to watch and it's also nice because I got to it's also the whole furry thing of I've only seen these people online now I get to meet them in person that sounds awesome it it was so awesome um I guess I don't really have much more to say on it but I basically talked to a bunch of the admins and they're like oh you should go to the furry convention we have in the area called Ace in January and I'm like heck yeah I'm going oh yeah I would and um, we, uh, we, me and Vince talked to this person who you've seen the the um, Halloween doggo I like the orange and purple one. That one is gorgeous. Oh my god! Yeah, that person is normally a cosplay person, and it was just so fun. It was just so much fun talking to her, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I'm trying this out because the um uh, the uh, cosplay fandom around here is super toxic." Which seems I've always heard that from any cosplay community anywhere that it's really toxic. They are very toxic. I mean, even here, they're bitter and toxic. Mm-hmm. But then there's that select group that are okay. Like, my friend Esther's a cosplayer. She does amazing cosplays. Mm-hmm. And a, she's a sweetheart and a wonderful person. But a lot of the community is just bitter. Yeah. Even, like, when I, Esther and I were bouncing forth about how to do a cosplay at one point, we asked the cosplay group, 
and got nothing but like sarcastic remarks back and i was like ooh, yeah how dare you hashtag Jesus. oof <laughs> we're just we're, we're gonna have to make some merch that's just hashtag oof Demonetized for Robux, Robux copyright. Hey, this is this, we're we're supported by Patreon. We don't care about demonetization. <laughs> Fair enough. To quote Dan Dog Games, I can say fuck whenever the fuck I fucking want. Watch your fucking mouth. Children probably listen to this podcast, which if they do, <laughs> they don't need to listen to this podcast. Yeah, it's... they don't need to listen to half of our episodes. They'll be because most of our episodes are over eighteen. Yeah, they are. I mean, the we're, we're listed. We're listed as an explicit podcast everywhere. You, so you make it sound like that's going to stop youngins from watching our show. Oh yeah, I know, I know. It's not going to stop anyone from listening. Watching our show, listening to our show, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, if I put it on YouTube, I would. It, I I would put it on YouTube if I could, but YouTube's dead. So so are my hopes and dreams. Same though. <laughs> All right, before we start memeing, do you think we should go ahead and end it there? Yeah, all right. All right, everybody, this has been GFP Season 2, Episode 2 with Monochrome Tiger and Reverb Husky. I hope you enjoyed, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to General Furry Podcast. You can find Monochrome's Twitter at twitter.com slash monochrometiggy. You can find Monochrome's Twitch at twitch.tv slash monochrometiggy. You can find Reverb's Twitter at twitter.com slash ReverbTheHusky. You can find Reverb's YouTube at youtube.com slash ReverbsRambles. And to get news and updates about the podcast, go to twitter.com slash GeneralFurry. Once again, thank you for listening to General Furry Podcast, and we'll see you next time.